Welcome back to another episode of Keeping It Relevant, where we look at the Torah and take away life lessons that can change our life every day. We want to welcome everyone to the program. It's a pleasure to be here. We are holding in Haggadah class number six. Someone asked me, were we learning YOLO? I'm like, YOLO? What are you talking about? Joel, chapter two, verse five, said it right there in the Bible, that Joel will invite us to the Seder. No, no, he didn't say that. Anyway, so, um, so we're talking about the, the access point of Abba Torah number one. Tefillah. So you want to do tshuva number two. It's coming from your personal neshama. Ooh, right here. Number three, access point number three. Obviously, Israel. Number four, we are talking about imagine with a fusion of Amuna. So if you ever want to get into Tshuva Ma'ava, you actually have to feel it. I spoke to someone today, and he's feeling really bad because he's been eating a lot of Oreo cookies, spaghetti, Coke Zero. And I'm like, uh, no wonder. And then I'm like, let me show you breakfast. And I take a, a picture of my blender with like energy and peanut butter and almond shake and bananas, little cocoa powder, and a little bit of caramel, I'm not gonna lie. That was just a treat. I threw in a little bit of caramel. I know, I, I confess, I confess, I apologize. And I said to him, I really want you to have the energy. And I want you all to have the energy. Can you imagine waking up in the morning and you're just ready to go? What would that be like, right? I can't imagine that. I said, how about this? A 30-day trial of like eating healthy and see yourself with energy and feeling young? And he started to get excited. I can't play you the, the, the voice note, but he's like, I'm getting into it. So if you see the end, you will actually get excited, and it actually creates like Ava. It creates Ava because you realize I can get there. Who's gonna help me get there? Number five. Get out of it. Like seriously, get out of your comfort zone. Okay, now we're up to number Manishtana, that's a mindset number five. Okay, now we're moving on. So what's the answer? The question Manishtana. The question is. Why did they do it in this way? Why can we chill with our chametz and have a party at the same time? Get us out of our comfort zone, and when you're out of your comfort zone, then you're ready for a conversation. I once had to do an intervention. You want to hear that story? You want to hear that story? Why did I have to do an intervention? Dealing with an addict, and he was enjoying his addiction. I call him, like we're going to meet. And then I got him in the office, and I turned to him and I said, this game is over if you don't stop. He's like, what are you talking about? I said, we got three rabbis. We're going to be doing the get thing. Oh, boy, he woke up. Now, that's an extreme. I said, if you don't get help, that's what this is going to look like. Now, that was an extreme. That's an intervention. We don't, want to, we don't need to go to the extreme. We can just change our routine. And when you change your routine, it opens up personal development. So we change our routine. You're not just going to go into Pesach like every other yontif. You might buy the suit, you might buy the clothing, but you're not going to be eating the same food. Because we want you to realize this ain't the same. And that's when we switch out the whole entire house. We want to change the environment that you live in. We want there to be a tension around change. 
we are creating change. Isn't that the cool? Change is from going from but if you didn't have, let me ask you a question. If you didn't have an obligation to take, make change, would you make the change? So we gotta change the scenery. Isn't that cool to look at Pesach? The reason you're doing all that work in your house is because you're trying to change the environment. You ever think about it that way? And as you change the environment, you're also like, hey, I could use a new kitchen table. You ever think about that? And all of a sudden you start changing things and the house starts looking differently. You're like, you start thinking differently. That's Manishtano. That's Manishtano. You didn't, did you think of Manishtano that way? No. Honestly, let's be honest. Okay, now we, can, now we give the answer to the Manishtano. Avadimayinu. Okay, so what's Avadimayinu? Avadimayinu. Let's read the words and let's explain it. Avadimayinu the Parma Mitzrayim. So this is supposed to be the answer to the Manishtana. The Manishtana question is, why are we doing all this change tonight? The answer is, we were slaves. And Hashem took us out. The question is, really? Were you in, were you in Egypt 3,300 years ago? My ancestors were in Dathan. I like that. Okay. That's enough for you. I got it. Let me ask. Let's be honest with each other. Let's be honest with each other. Do you really see that your ancestors were in Egypt? Do you really feel it? Let's not go so far back. Do you feel you girls are in a different generation than I? See, I grew up around the Holocaust. Like, it was a part of the conversation. Went to my grandmother for breakfast on Sunday morning, and we talked about the Holocaust. That was just like, that was just, that's what we talked about. To connect to the Holocaust even takes work. Okay? So, how do we, how do we deal with this? So, he says like this. Um, because Paro wasn't only interested in enslaving the Jews of the time, his real target concept was the Jewish people. We were a major threat to his worldview. So it wasn't that power was interested in specifically, physically undermining that specific segment of the nation at that time. He was actually fighting against something called the Jewish people. If Hashem hadn't taken us out of Mitzrayim, we declare we'd still be trapped there today. Most people view world history as a natural process, driven forward by human actions. Okay, there was a guy yesterday, two days ago, who went home from jail after 35 years in prison, wrongfully in prison. They said that he murdered someone, but the truth is, in 1987, he didn't murder anyone. Ross Perot offered a certain amount, amount of money for reward to get in, into, into, to, to getting rid of someone. And what happened was, this guy wanted the money, so he made up a story about someone else. And this guy sat in jail for 35 years. Oh, that's a nice kind of, story. I don't know. But he's now out, 57 years old. Let me ask you a question. He's out. Does he have freedom? No. What's he going to do now? This guy's 35 years in prison. He's going home. His mama's going to be there. Does that mean he's free? The Iraq. Remember Saddam Hussein? Anyone back in the day? Found him in a little hole. They freed. They sent thousands of troops, they sent over the best consultants to reshape the country called Iraq. How's Iraq doing? Beautiful. How are they doing? Thank you. How are they doing? They're terrible. They were, believe it or not, under Saddam Hussein, they were killing each other. You would think they said, okay, Saddam's gone. They killed him. You would think that now they have this opportunity called freedom. But no, they don't because they don't know what freedom is. Okay, so the bottom line is we don't know what it is. So that's what we're saying over here. Even if 
in a, in a natural way, we would have somehow figured it out. You know, Moshe would have got the Yiddelach, and they would have been able to naturally get out of Mitzrayim, which would have been unbelievable, but even if they would have got out naturally, does that mean that we would have been free? And that's what the point of the, that is exactly the point of the Seder. The Baruch the reason is, even if Hashem would have, if He wouldn't have taken us out, we still would have been there. It doesn't mean we would have been there, but we would have never really tasted real freedom because in order to be free, it's not about being free from something. You have to be free towards something. It's like very nice, you're no longer slaves, but what are you doing towards the future? See, He left, He took us out, and He actually gave us a script of what we're supposed to be doing. Now, this guy who's now free 35 years, very nice, I'm no longer in prison, but who am I? What am I here for? Um, that's what it means. So the answer is, who are Hashem's agents for achieving this purpose? The Jewish people, moving on. Okay. The next statement is, Afilu kulonu chachamim, kulonu nevayim, even if you're like a rabbi, or you're a scholar at, you've done the high school thing, you've heard all the stories, been there, done that, you can tell the story in your shluk, you know everything. Yeah, anyone like that? Yeah, I know it all. Okay? Let's say you do. Mitzvah aleinu sabritz yisrael. You still got to sit down and talk about the story. The question is, why? I can tell you every detail of the story. Why should I do that? In fact, we move to the next part of the Haggadah, and it says, it says, Bechol hamar belesapir b'tzies yisrael, arayz ha-meshubach. And if you really get engaged in the story, that is praiseworthy, and I'll even prove it to you from a story because remember Rabbi Lazar, Rabbi Shua, Rabbi Lazar, Rabbi Azari, Rabbi Kiva, Rabbi Tarfan? They were all sitting together at a Seder. I'm just curious what they were eating. Just whatever. Was it like potato kugel? But anyways, they, had, they were having a Seder. And they were up the whole night. They were so drawn into the conversation that they had to have their student come and say, uh, Rabbis, we are ready for shacharis. Just give me one more minute. Like, Rabbis, no, seriously. You ever try to get your father off the phone? You know what I'm talking about? It's like, hello, I exist. Remember me? I'm also important. You know what I'm saying? Um, anyways, oh, or you call them. Oh, They're like, that's so interesting. My daughter's calling. Dad? Hi. <laughs> oh, well, ignore it, and then move on. Okay, now, here's the deal. So what is going on over here? Why is it that the rabbis are so busy the entire night with the Seder? What is it so interesting to them? What's so interesting to you this year that you would actually look forward to the Seder and actually, actually, it would be a night that just goes by so quickly and you'd like, you ever have one of those nights? You're talking to a friend? Yeah. I see it happening all the time. I can't, I'm, I'm Aniba Shuk. I was speaking to a 13-year-old, teaching him for his bar mitzvah and I said to him, you look a little tired. And I offered him a Twix bar, Oreo cookies, and soda, which he ate the entire thing. I was like, slow down. <laughs> I was like, do they feed you? Like, you know I'm talking about? Some of these kids, they like... They like, yeah, and they come and starving. Anyway, he said, I was up with my friends till 3 o'clock. I said, what were you doing? Playing video games? No, we're just talking. I was shocked. Like, what were you talking about? He's like, they don't want to know. But anyways, the point is um, that, that, that they were so busy in that conversation, they were so engaged. And the big question is, why were they so engaged? The answer is, that if you look at the story, that the story is not a story that's an old story. It's our story, and we're part of the ones to make the story continue. So 
it makes so much sense that they were engaged. The reason they were engaged is because they were asking the question, very nice, Hashem took us out of Mitzrayim, He gave us a mission, but where's, where's the end game? Where do, where's the end zone over here? Where's the end zone, girl? Mashiach, Mashiach. Ah, yeah, 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 yeah. Don't get me started. Anyways, right? Mashiach. And how are we doing? Are we, are we there yet? Are we there yet? What's going on? What do we need to do to remind us of this mission? And like wake up the Jewish people so that they're actually excited about being part of the God Squad. Because if we look at history right now, a lot of people are checked out. They're like, I ain't joining this squad. I have a different squad called the Odd Squad. Okay? No, but seriously, why is it that people are not engaged? What are we going to do to push this, what do they say, needle further? Is there such a term? No. no? I think there is something about pushing the needle further. Oh, maybe it's something from the 80s. Forget it. Anyways, you hear the question? So what is the answer? The question was, why are they so engaged? And the answer is, the more responsibility you have for the Jewish people, the more this conversation keeps you up at night. But if you're checked out, it's not that all that interesting. For them, they felt a responsibility for the Jewish people to live their mission in the fullest extent. So that night, they were spending up saying, okay, great. We need another year of your view of our mission. You know why we need another year? Because we didn't get it. It's like the famous story with um, the rabbi and the, the congregants were complaining. They're like, seriously? You're giving the same sermon like over again? What? He's like, have you guys changed? Why are you still stuck? I'm going to keep on talking until this is happening. It ain't happening. Maybe you're right. Maybe. I know. It's just a story. It's just a joke. Yeah, but okay. Anyways, moving on. Okay. It's, uh, I, I, I didn't understand why do we have to talk about Yitzhak Mitzrayim all the days of our life, you know? Not only in Olam Haza and Olam Haba, some say we need to talk about it every single day when we say the Shema, right? Girls, there are two different explanations. What's going on? Many people wonder why that God had chose to include this section. It mentions the Exodus, but it isn't a commentary on the story. It's a whole discussion about talking about Yitzhak Mitzrayim every day of our lives. Why is this in the middle of Hag Magid? Look, we're in the middle of telling a whole story. All the people are together. They're all up all night. And then he comes and goes, I feel like I'm 70. Thank you for sharing. I feel like I'm 50. You know, like, how, what, and what, what are you talking about? Like, and I feel, now I understand why you have to talk about Yitzhak Mitzrayim every day. What's, what's he talking about? Because it helps us recognize how important the story is to our lives. This Seder is not like we do the Seder, we check in, we check out, and we move on. This Seder is like a seminar. You ever been to a leadership seminar? I promise you something will be awesome for your life is if you have an opportunity to take advantage of a leadership seminar. Like they might show up in your life, take your way, take yourself out and go to a leadership seminar. Why? Because when you go to a leadership seminar, it's not about the seminar. It's about how this is going to continue when you get back on the court. Ooh, right? Meaning, what's the difference between being in a game, watching a game, who's been to a Mavs game, be honest. Yeah. Okay, who's been to a game or watched a game? Okay, for those of you who haven't been to a Mavs game, you've been to a TDSD game. GBL, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry, okay? You've been to a GBL game. You can go to a GBL game and watch, and you can be part of the crowd. Where do you have the majority of the people? 
on the stand. Where is the game happening? On the court. So this is a leadership seminar. It's not about a one night, you get expired, then you move on. This is supposed to be a conversation that you take yourself out for a day, you totally absorb in, in what you're all about, and then you go back to life and you live it. Rabbi Loza ben Azari is saying, it's very nice, you stayed up all night. But we need to then bring this into our day. Can you imagine staying up all night and then schlooping during the day? Uh, ever happened? You rocked it the whole night. You can't move during the day. Or those of Azari is waking right after they stayed up the whole night. He's saying, ah. Oh. But the icker, the main thing is to bring this home. Bring it on the court. Show up on the court. Bring Yetzirah Mitzrayim to your life. Bring the mission of what it means to be part of the Jewish people when you are alive every single day. You see that? Now, this is access number six. six. Bring tshuva into your everyday life. Every day. This is not a, I am inspired, so today I did something. No, no, no. It's all about every day. How are you going to, you have to, you can't do tshuva during Elul, and it's like, oh, thank God, made it through Yom Kippur. Woo! Now I get the party. You know what I'm saying? It's like, how do I bring transformation into my everyday? How do you do that? That's axis number six. You have to figure out a plan where tshuva is part. You are bringing growth, not over the weekend, not over a yanta, but it's somehow, it's like your snacks. You know, who loves snacks? All, how often? All the time. Okay, so this year, Blazov and Azaria gets up and says, the mitzvah of Sipur Yitzis Mitzrayim is, there's one night to tell the whole story, but then every single day we have to have a snack. And that snack has to be a little mini Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim every night. How do we do that? In the Shema. How often do we say the Shema? Twice. Every single day, twice a day. Or at least once, if you're, whatever, you say, whatever, right? So you have to take Mitzrayim and bring it into your everyday. You have to take the lessons that you're learning tonight, which is being a part of the Jewish people on the mission, but if you don't bring it into every day of your life, it's just going to stay by the Seder. Bring it on the court. Because you can stand by the Seder and you can watch from the stands, or you can actually say, I'm going to play this game. What's the name of the game, by the way? The mission of the Jewish people. I'm taking it on. I'm going to bring this mission to, I'm, I'm playing this game called bringing the mission of the Jewish people to life. An example of the, the lessons are going to be, we're going to have, obviously, Amuna is going to be all over the place, right? So... Feeling Amuna in your day-to-day -day basis. So we have to sit back for two days and just talk all about Amuna. And then, in your day-to-day, -day, let's say you're working on Amuna. Let's say, for example, you would go with this approach of seeing, seeing Hashem talking to you during the day. Seeing Amuna points every single day. If you had an Amuna journal, would be an example. Where, or even if it's a once a week where you talk about the Ashkaka process that occurred. Like you did something called High Low Hero, let's just say, hypothetically. Remember those days? Right? You get it? So you're taking the whole theme of the personal seminar, which is Emuna, but you're bringing it to every day. That, yeah. Moving on. Baruch HaMakam Baruchum. Baruch HaMakam Baruchum. Baruch Shenasana Santora Lenasantora Liamo Yisrael. Baruch HaMakam. Now, the first thing is, the next part is Baruch HaMakam. So, we are growing through this development. 
But we call Hashem Hamakom. That's an interesting name, Hamakom. What does the Hamakom mean? What does that mean? So says Rabbi Shlomo Abrams. We use this name. Baruch Hamakom. Thank you, Hashem, for creating the place for this personal development. Thank you, Baruch Hamakom. Thank you for creating, setting up the stage for us to have this personal development. Baruch Hamakom. Thank you for creating this place. Because we didn't have the Seder, we would go on with our regular routine and probably change would never happen. But we have to interrupt our lives with crazy change. Now, I'm not talking about if you're going on some cruise and you're just hopping on a plane. I know some people might be doing that. I'm talking about if you're actually going through the work of creating the place. Okay. Baruch HaMakom. Thank you, Hashem, for creating the place for us to grow. That's the Seder. Now, let's read it. Baruch HaMakom, we are out of time. So we will stop here for today and we will pick up tomorrow. Oh